The Lord be with you. John's wild vision in the book of Revelation is a really intense ride. Layers of symbolism and poetic imagery. There's smiting angels. Uh, A pregnant lady fights a monstrous uh, serpent with seven heads and ten horns. And Godzilla beasts come out of the ocean. Terrifying trumpets and bowls of wrath are poured out. Plagues on the earth. There's the famous four horsemen of the apocalypse. There's the final judgment and the bottomless pit. The revelation of John the Divine of Patmos is so full of material, so commonly misread and misunderstood, avoided, abused, exploited. A church could, maybe it even should, set aside time for a series on the book of Revelation, maybe weeks, months even, pouring over each chapter and verse, doing the work to really understand first century Roman context, persecution of the early church, brutal emperors, the scattered churches of Asia Minor, biblical images, callbacks to the Hebrew scriptures. That's something a congregation could do. Or we could run with the suggestion that the lectionary gives us. We'll helicopter past all of the shocking and difficult bits and we'll land right at the end of the story. Welcome to Revelation 21, everybody. In the midst of our 50-day celebration of Easter, we're invited to take a break from the gospel stories. And resurrection is still the theme. But this time, the theme is the resurrection of everything. And just because we skip past all those difficult chapters doesn't mean we don't have our work cut out for us. Because really, John's vision in Revelation is a challenge from start to finish. I personally find it more than a little overwhelming. All because of this one line. Behold, I am making all things new. There are plenty of biblical miracle passages, and some of them are hard. Some of them are even an obstacle to faith for people. They're miracles, after all, and the whole point of a miracle is that it's not an everyday kind of thing. The virgin birth, feeding 5,000 people. The resurrection, the ascension with Jesus flying up into the sky like a truly heavenly being. Miracles like these, at least I can sort of, kind of, maybe get my head around. Maybe a little bit. But Revelation 21? That's so much. Like trying to see past the horizon of absolutely everything that's real and possible. And it's not even this crazy image, this picture that we have on the front of the bulletin. This is comic book art from a French comic book artist. That image of that colossal floating city, the New Jerusalem, descending like a spaceship, landing on planet Earth, that's not even the hard part. As crazy and as amazing as that sounds. 
And I can hear what you're thinking. Jeremy, maybe some of this is poetic and metaphorical. And the perfect holy city descending to earth represents God's presence with his people. Don't get so carried away with the details. But you see, it's the details that get me. Because when I hear, behold, I am making all things new. It's the details that come to mind for me. And I don't even know where to begin. The part of my mind that wants at least to make a little bit of sense of things. All things, really? Because every time we build another sort of Hubble-type telescope and we point it at the heavens, we get another glimpse of just how big our universe is. The vast expanse of all things. Distant quasars, supergiant stars and black holes. All things? Parasitic wasps, avocados, Elvis Presley, the Ebola virus, all things made new. Our own sun, an average little star with a limited allotment of fuel that is someday going to burn out. How does that work? What does that look like when God makes a new sun? All those miracles, healings, they seem pretty small compared to, behold, I make All things new. That's the story of scripture, and that's the story we're living in right now. The raw material of our faith, the God who calls us and calls everything into existence. The one who decided that there should be something instead of nothing. At the end of the story, the creator makes everything new again. My hunch is... The answer to my questions about the new Jerusalem is the same answer that Job heard when he finally received an answer out of the whirlwind at the end of all his troubles. Do you know the laws of the universe? Can you use them to regulate the earth? Didn't think so. Behold, I am making all things new. Most Bible translations don't use the word behold anymore. It's usually see or look. Eugene Peterson uses two looks with two exclamation points. This is one of those times when the King James Version really nails it. As language language changes, words go by the wayside. We hardly ever beseech or palter or brabble anymore. And I don't know if I've ever heard anyone call a giraffe a camel leopard... And we don't behold things very often, do we? Maybe because we don't behold things very often, do we? Sure, we look, and we see, and we gawk, and we stare. But behold has nuance, doesn't it? It's deeper than looking and seeing. Beholding takes more time, more effort. Beholding is close attention. Contemplation. Blessed, ruminating, hopeful, pondering. This amazing story, Alpha to Omega, is the story we live in and the stuff all around us. This is the stuff worth redeeming. These are the things and the places and the people, all of it. The New Jerusalem. Robert Farrar Capon says, Half Earth's gorgeousness lies hidden 
in the glimpsed city it longs to become. It's this future vision that helps us really see today. And to be clear, this isn't just some sort of seize the day, stop and smell the roses, YOLO, carpe diem sort of stuff. The first readers of John's revelation were Christians living through terrifying, disturbing, horrible times. These amazing promises were not just a prediction of a future glory. They were the assurance that we are not living in a story that has to end in a tragedy. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Romans, all of creation, and that includes us, waits with the eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. To be alive, to be a person, to be in this universe is to wait in anticipation, even frustration for that day. Behold, I'm making all things new. When we step back from the maintenances, hazards, pastimes, pleasures and pains of this life, when we make some space to observe, to worship, then maybe the Spirit speaks to us as if the great voice from the throne of heaven is whispering, look, see, behold, the gift of your companionships. Examine life's small mercies. The miracle of a really terrific egg salad sandwich. The long overdue sun and breeze on a long overdue spring day. Contemplate the rhythms of your life. Practice really seeing other human beings. Close companions and strangers, God's children. Acquaintances and enemies in all their variations, God's children. People deemed too ugly or worthless, and people celebrated as beautiful for some reason. Gifts of the earth, handiwork of the Creator. Behold, Thomas Merton, the famous mystic poet, activist monk, had moments like this, even when they surprised him, even when they broke through the barriers of his famous grumpiness. He put it like this. Contemplation is the response to a call. A call from him who has no voice and yet who speaks in everything that is and who most of all speaks in the depths of our own being for we ourselves are words of his. How we respond to that call, how we live in the light of this voice makes all the difference in the world because it changes everything. When we talk about worship, we naturally call to mind that miraculous group effort that culminates in the practice of a church service. The songs and the prayers and the gatherings and the calls and the sendings and the blessings. We really do put a lot of effort and focus and work into a Sunday service. And I'm glad to say that there are times when a Sunday service really hits the spot. Sometimes, well, a church service is kind of, you know, meh, 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 for that day. 
But Sunday worship is really here to help orient us, locate us, guide us. It's a way to call attention to the ways we might be attentive to the holy moments waiting for us in the week ahead. Sunday morning calls us to see ourselves in God's vast universe, full of places and people ripe for redemption. Yoga classes typically begin with a practice, you know, that introductory part, the part that I always thought was filler. Maybe you know how it goes. When the instructor calls us to assume a comfortable position and to calm our minds, and then she says something like, let go of the hectic pace of your day. Slow down. And then she says, breathe in. Breathe out. And really, so many times for this part of the class, I catch myself thinking, come on already, get with the stretches and the poses and the stuff that makes the body do the stuff, and then I'll get on with my day, okay? That's what we're here for, right? Yoga class, not sitting, doing nothing class. Lately, though, that opening part has been, for me, what you might call a real eye-opener even though I've got my eyes closed. I've been learning to listen to the sound of my breath instead of the to-do list on the hamster wheel of my mind. And sometimes I can hear the thrumming of my heart as it pumps. I can feel the blood rushing under my skin. And for a few little minutes, I catch a glimpse of that strange and astonishing creaturely form of the thing that is me. And I behold... And I am grateful, grateful for those moments because I know just how quickly I can go back to ordinary seeing. First Baptist Church, Edmonton. I don't know what shape or posture your practice might take this week or this year, how or where it might form your life, where it might even take you. But my prayer for you, for us, this week, is that we might find ourselves oriented, located in God's care. May you find holy places and people around you, new ways of seeing them. As you practice this faith, this life, with hearts and eyes wide open, shaped by holy imagination, celebrating, worshiping, working, struggling, eating, loving, living, contemplating, sometimes with laughter, often with tears, joining the whole of creation as we wait for the holy city. Behold, I am making all things new. Thanks be to God.